0: I think we really all need to work on like seeing our spiritual teachers, our coaches, our mentors, even celebrities, anyone you look up to, and remembering that they are human. They have flaws, mm. they make mistakes, they're going to say the wrong thing. Mm. Sometimes when we expect perfection from other people, like it harms us too, because then yeah. we expect perfection of ourselves this is awakened love the podcast and i'm your
1: host angel this is a space where we get real real about sex love and awakening so strap in let's go deep What's up beautiful awakened beings? So this week I had a really incredible conversation with Amy Rushworth. Amy Rushworth is an empowerment and a sexual wellness coach. She's a breathwork teacher. She's an unapologetic leader in the space and just a phenomenal woman who I really adore and treasure. So I'm grateful that we got to sit down and have this amazing conversation. Enjoy. Welcome to the show my love. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you for having me. It's been a moment. Excited to drop back in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we were just saying before we hit record how you were one of the first episodes I think I recorded and how nice it is when you both grow so much. I think anyone listening who's, I imagine, pretty involved in personal development, if they're listening to this podcast, can resonate. It's so many deaths and rebirths and so many changes, and, and it's nice to come back around and be able to kind of represent you as you are now.
0: Yeah, thank you. I don't even remember who I was when we were last together, but.
1: <laughs> I love that, Honestly, yeah. that, that to me is a sign when you're fucking growing, like transformation. Who, who was that? Um, I feel like I read things from, from when I was younger and I love it. I resonate. I'm like, damn, sometimes I'm like, wow, that, that, it's a nice reminder. I like remind myself. And other times I'm like, oh my God, bless you. Who is that?
0: <laughs> I totally resonate with that in so many ways.
1: so I want to kick off I think if people want to know like your background and your story they should go back and listen to your first episode but I'd love to move forward from there and my first question for you is if life is a school earth school what has been your curriculum over the last year what has life been teaching you
0: yeah holy shit like (laughs) just to give everyone a bit of context I'm a three five in human design and so life is always schooling me in the best ways (laughs) and also bittersweet ways and really difficult ways and I'm one of those people I have like strong opinions of my own and I have this blessing and curse where I can also see like lots of different viewpoints at the same time and so that can sometimes make figuring out my move or what I want to say like challenging because I can almost like see so many different points of view at once and I'm really caring, but I'm also really unapologetic. And so sometimes it's difficult for me to marry these different parts of who I am. And so Mm. this last year, I mean, there's kind of like two seasons of this because 2021 was a really big year for me of business growth, um, a lot of success Uh, a lot of sort of external achievements. I moved to a new place, you know, created a lot of dreams. They happened. And then 2022 has been Mm. like the polar opposite reality where I've really Mm. taken a big pause. I've been not charging ahead and actually in some ways regressing. Um, Mm. We're never really regressing, but like externally letting – um, you know, things like my business slow down a little bit so that I can actually sit in the lessons. Um, and a big part of this schooling has been around the ethics of my business, uh, you know, the things that I value um, in my life, in the way that I serve people, um, becoming more trauma-informed in my work, and also like addressing the places or, you know, the things that I've created or done in the past that I'm not like super proud of anymore and taking responsibility mm. for that. Um, but also figuring out the line between um, when like someone critiques you, I think that there's like an art to figuring out like, hey, what's difficult to hear, but is my responsibility? And then also like, what do I not agree with in that critique? And how do I like still own who I am and disagree with this critique, and so as you might I got imagine, goosebumps. <laughs> Damn, it's yes. been a little bit messy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow, my love. Damn, what an important conversation! And thank you for being so fucking keep it for keeping it real. Because yeah, I think this isn't a conversation that has had enough in the spiritual development community. And there's like this kind of bubblegum spirituality of Instagram. And I'm kind of in the camp of I know there's the, it almost feels as though there's a divide. Um, in the spiritual community. And there are some people, and I was speaking with a client about this this week, how there's like the spiritual community that's like, let's renounce money and like, you know, pay what you can, donation-based kind of renounce material possessions. And then there's like the opposite where it can be a lot about money and there can be so much power there, but also like a lot of sticking points and a lot of shadow and kind of finding the middle path as it sounds like you are is such a beautiful and powerful and vulnerable and messy, as you said, thing. Like, how do we learn to recognize that money is a neutral energy um, or that, you know, whatever it is that we're working with, Instagram, neutral energy. Like, it's kind of difficult to be a sincere spiritual seeker and not live on a mountaintop. Like, in some ways, that's a really hard path. Don't get me wrong. But in other ways, it's easier to maintain that sense of centeredness and spirituality when there's nothing around you to stick or to you. And so for us to be spiritual guides or teachers or coaches in the realm of also social media and then navigating money and sexuality and having a husband and you know all of this other stuff, I think it's a really brave, complicated, creative, nuanced dance. And yeah, I'm really grateful for your honesty, you mentioned success, like 2021, having this amazing success, 2022 kind of like taking a pause and it sounds like realigning values and what's really important. Um, what do you wish you knew about success or before, or what was the most surprising thing you learned about success when you when you kind of achieved or experienced it on a bigger scale?
0: Yeah. I. Th- I think definitely one of the things that I learned was that you're just gonna be the same person just with more things, you know. (laughs) Like you're you of course that there are like goals that uh inspire you to become a better version of yourself. And I know many of these goals created really positive uh influence in how I conducted myself uh the amount of responsibility i was learning to hold um mm-hmm. you know there there was like some self-worth that came from some of those things for sure but also there was this feeling of like ah oh, okay but what's next and it started in this very healthy way where when i had like the biggest leap in my uh revenue and money in my business it was actually like from this very healthy space I wasn't really trying to do that it was almost like I'd built my business for several years and I'd built a lot of trust and um a, a good reputation and it almost just was like the tipping point of that and I wasn't trying to strategize it and I wasn't forcing anything but then at some point I started getting into I guess like these culty dynamics in the coaching industry where it's about money worship and a lot of your success as a mentor is defined by how much money you're making a month rather than like how many people you're impacting or like what are the mm. internal transformations. And I, I never fully lost sight of that, but I think that I was definitely influenced by this other side. And so that's why I've definitely been in this period of contemplation this year because I've always had good intentions but I'm looking at where I've unintentionally maybe um, done things that weren't fully in integrity um, mm. you know at, and I didn't even realize you know so it's like yeah. with hindsight and the wisdom of that that I've been learning that success isn't just a number. I don't get me wrong I love money. I love being financially secure it really helps me to tap into my gifts and my genius to not have to worry about that. But also there's going to be a point where I look back on my life and I'm not going to be like, oh my goodness, I made all this money. I'm going to think about all the women that I helped and, um, you know, the systems that I helped to demolish and the fairness that I helped to create. And so I think it's really important to when you're creating success to always be like attuning to like, is this fully? Congruent with who I want to be and my values.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Bless. Bless. And it's not easy to uh, have these pivots and these kind of realignments publicly when you have when you're kind of you know in the world of social media. And so just like celebrating your courage and the humility the the like, that I feel you embodying around being willing to learn and that to me makes you so trustable. Someone who's like huh you know like willing to in a public forum. Like, hell yeah, that to me is a leader and a teacher and a and a coach that I want to be around. So just celebrating that courage, my love. And I know how, how much courage it does take. Um, so being there. <laughs> so yeah. what for you was the the defining like what what realigned, like what kind of was there a defining moment where something happened? Was it a teacher or an influence like to help you go hang on a minute in the midst of all this success and the fast-moving and the influences you said that perhaps you got a little lost in, like what helped you come back?
0: Yeah, I think it was kind of like a spiral of different things and certain things happen that I didn't really, I guess, think of um, as related to this. And then like now in hindsight, all those dots are connecting. So I had a few difficult situations with clients uh, where I had like unintentionally harmed someone with something that I said and then I had to go through like a repair and a restorative justice process with that really publicly and in front of other people. Mm. Um, I also completed um, a mentorship with someone and I started reflecting on some of the things that I'd picked up from that group and that mentor that weren't fully congruent with who I really felt myself to be anymore. And uh, then I think it really was catalyzed this year when I started noticing lots of friends and colleagues of mine being publicly cancelled and called out in the industry. And I started kind of, I was like looking out of curiosity. Then I felt I guess, defensive on behalf of these people, some of them who I know really well and I know their heart. But then I started to like soften into like, hey, is there anything here that I need to own? Um, and so that's, you know, kind of where I've been for the last eight months or so, just piecing through, um, you know, how do I look at other people's perspectives and hear them and have intellectual humility and figure out, uh, what I really believe without necessarily just bowing down to all kinds of critique um, but also being open to critique.
1: Yeah man that is like I keep getting shivers when you you kind of touched on that before so let's pull that thread because that feels super potent as a message and I'm sure people listening um, particularly femme identifying folk who are socialized a lot around this like you say the bowing down and the combination of like receiving feedback, but also not just totally bending under it. That seems like a messy nuanced process that's so important. What have you learned through that process that you can share? Like, how can we do that better?
0: Yeah, I am still in this process just to be fully transparent. And it is very difficult for me. I mean, I have my Chiron in Leo, so like criticism oh my gosh, is me really too. hard. <laughs> Can you tell me uh, more about that?
1: I don't know. What does that mean? Because I also have Chiron and Leo. Tell me more.
0: Yeah, like I'm not an astrology expert, but I love to <laughs> delve into my own chart. And um, from my understanding, you know, it's like the fear of being untalented, The um, you know, and there is fear and wounding around being rejected and criticized. And um, yeah, so like that that's really difficult for me. And then also uh, I... I'm trained as a rebirthing breathwork teacher and guide and you go through a really deep initiation when you become a teacher and uh, you get down to this thing called your personal lie and it's like the deepest belief that you have about yourself and it's often mm. created when you're conceived and then when you mm. are born into the world and mine is, I am bad. Um, mm. And so, you know, when... Things come about or critiques come about. My natural thing is to be like, but I'm a good person, but I'm a good person. Yeah. And like deep yeah. down though, wondering or worrying like, am I bad? Like have I, have I been a bad person? Um, and so yeah. what I would say is that it is super difficult, but it's also, it's brave and bravery and courage are some of my highest. Values that I want to live by. And um, what I'm starting to slowly reconcile, and what I would love to invite anyone listening who's also been feeling this to like feel into is like how do we create brave spaces and brave conversations and brave self-inquiries rather than necessarily like quote unquote safe spaces, because how, how, can, how can we ever even achieve that, you know? Um, and so, yeah, like that's, that's the path that I'm walking at the moment. And I haven't shared it publicly yet. So surprise. Wow. <laughs> wow, I feel really honored
1: and privileged that you are sharing in this space. So like, thank you, sister. And I, I'm sure everyone listening is super grateful because it's such an important conversation and I recognize how much courage it takes. So I really see you walking that path. Um, that you're intending to walk. I know for me um, around like some of the lies, like you mentioned, you know the root lie, which is really beautiful, um, and we'll make sure that uh, at the end of the podcast you let people know how they can interact with your work and maybe do one of those incredible rebirthing breathwork sessions that you offer. But you mentioned the the root, like, getting down to that, like, what's that original lie? And I think we tell ourselves lots of lies over our lifetime, right? Maybe they're all birthed from that original one. But one of the lies that I told myself in business and that, you know, you were talking about how you were influenced by other people and you had to kind of look back and say, hang on a minute. And I think a lot of people in every industry can recognize where they've been influenced by, like, whether it's consumerism or just the wrong mentors or asking the wrong questions. And I know in the beginning of my business, I was definitely asking a lot of the wrong questions. And similar to you, I had, A good heart and good intentions, but I really also wanted to be successful and I wanted financial security. And so I was looking around at like, what are other people doing? And what I did is I really watered myself down. I like believed the lie that I can't be in my full like erotic sex witch. So I took all of my erotic poetry and kind of was like, oh, I need to like skim that down and just talk about yoga and plant based eating, which is a part of my life. Like, not so much now. I was vegan for seven years, but. So it was partly true, but I was like homogenizing myself so that I could fit into this box so that I could do what I thought people needed me to do in order for me to be successful. And it's taken me, you know, years to realize, A, just be yourself, although that's a fucking hard thing in it. (laughs) That's a whole can of worms. It's simple to say, not necessarily easy to do. but then also like this service piece of how can I actually genuinely focus my business around serving as many women as possible, which I'm hearing you talk a lot about as well. What are some of the lies that you maybe believed or have unstitched during this process, if it feels aligned to share?
0: Yeah, something that I kind of realized that I was doing was I launched a lot of different courses around business, and money and wealth and look I love those things I love being a business owner I like money like (laughs) I think most people do um but what I found was like I felt like I had taken on other people's projections of who they thought I was and so I a lot of people that I was in proximity with would always say to me you're such an expander for me to be like so bougie and spiritual. You're so luxurious. You're so empowered around money. You're so this, so that. And like, that's really nice. Um, yeah. But because I'm a projector, I can't always fully see myself. So sometimes I see myself through people reflecting things back to me about my power and what I'm good mm. at. But I think I just like took that on and thought, oh, okay, this is what people need. And unconsciously, mm. I thought that I was like doing a great thing because it was like, oh, well, this is what my audience needs and wants from me and I want to serve them. Mm. So Mm. there was good intentions there. But what I realized is like there are so many other parts of my repertoire and my gifts that I actually would love to pour more energy into. So while I never lost any of those aspects of my programs or my work, I sort of neglected them and put more emphasis on these other things. And truthfully, mm-hmm. these, like I love luxury and these things, but it's like it's it's not like driving my soul, you know. It, yeah. It's not yeah. what I wake up in the morning and I'm like, this is how I'm meant to change the world, you know. The, the other things that I do are and so I've really made a conscious choice to focus on these things and to develop more of these empowerment and healing aspects of my work versus just focusing on the surface level
1: Mm, so beautiful it reminds me of like the buddhism kind of principle of attachment and aversion and i think that's what i was trying to touch on before around like the the two sides in the spiritual community there's like the really money averse which is the same as being attached in this buddhism like buddhist principle is this idea that like if you're attached you're pulling towards if you're averse you're pushing away but both are high touch You're still highly touching and involved. It's just like, it's still a kind of a sticky relationship and what it seems like you're pointing to and I myself am definitely in the inquiry around this for money and sex and all of these powerful portals, food, our body, like how do we have um, high engagement, low attachment? How do we not become averse to and push away from that's bad or like worship overly and like kind of overemphasize those things? So really, really important conversation. You were speaking about your other healing gifts and that you want to highlight more and I want to just create a space for you to highlight those now. Like what are those and what is it you're leaning into more and what is it that's exciting you most right now?
0: Well, I just got back from hosting a retreat here in Mallorca where I live. Um, It's why my voice is a little bit like sexy and croaky because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm just grounding down after a retreat. But it really, it really reignited my passion. You know, it's been a hard year for me. Mm. I've had a few difficult situations and it can be really hard to keep your heart open when you have such a big heart and you just want to be understood yeah. and you want to do great things. And like I said, like, it's not always easy feeling criticized or like you've done something wrong. And so I kind of like lost my spark just a little bit. Um, and so yeah. being in person and, you know, facilitating breathwork and women's circles and all the other powerful things that we did, it really just reaffirmed what I already knew, which is that I want to be back in person a lot more with my clients. And so I'm making a lot of plans to do more in-person gatherings, retreats, Um, mm-hmm. and Exciting. also to launch programs that are not just tailored and created with entrepreneurs and coaches in mind. I don't want to just yeah. be in a big like triangle of coaches who just all coach with each other and pay each other you know I want to reach real women and mothers and people who don't want to be business owners because there's nothing wrong with not being an entrepreneur and I want to be able to help more and more people um, from across the spectrum and so my work going forward, uh, is primarily based in empowerment and healing and pleasure. It has always been that, but I just kind of like wandered off a little bit in some regards.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God, babe. And just feeling you so deeply in this and how many women listening or humans listening can just resonate with that fear of like being criticized and it is so fucking brave and I say this to my clients all the time who was wanting to serve and become facilitators and healers and coaches like it takes such an immense amount of courage there's this video I don't know if you've ever watched it called the creativity gap by Ira Glass Um, my hubby showed it to me when I was first starting out and I'd kind of been coaching for a few years but he really helped me put some structure around things, because he's good at that. I was a little gypsy when I met him, just a healer fairy wandering around. <laughs> he was like, let me help you. Um, but it's This video about how he's talking about, about creatives. And I think that in many senses, a lot of coaches or people in the service industries are creatives if you're having to put yourself out there and create content to create value ultimately, but it is a creative act. And he's like, you know, you get into the game as a creative because you have really good taste that's that's like one of your strengths. But when you have really good taste and you just start, you know that your stuff is like not that good. And so that's excruciating when people are just, just starting. And like most people give up then, but otherwise if you allow yourself to just set a big goal and create a huge body of work and be consistent in creating that experience, that step-by-step will allow you to improve and find mastery. But you have to be kind of willing to go through the ickiness. and. I also don't think that ever stops, right? We keep growing our taste and our refinement and our alignment and our senses for what feels totally aligned keeps changing and growing and expanding. And then we're called to rise and refine our work. And to do that publicly is like really, really brave. And I think so many people listening may have stopped themselves because they're like, oh my God, I don't want to be criticized. I don't want to be rejected. What if it sucks? What if people, you know, all these things. And you're just an example of, you know, you're standing here saying like, yeah, I experienced some, you know, public having to justice. What was the term you used? Regenerative justice?
0: No. Reparative. Restorative Restorative justice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And like, just your willingness to be like, yeah, I'm going to look at and refine. And um, I think your courage I hope really emanates to any creative listening that wants to create something or do something and be witnessed in something like you can survive it and you can grow through it and become an even better teacher and mentor from it. Let's talk about rejection a little bit. Um, Man, it sucks. (laughs) I talked about this in (laughs) the podcast as well. Such a painful feeling. It's not a fun one, but it is a valuable one. What value have you found from the energy of rejection? If that's something that you feel like you've danced with a lot in life, I definitely have.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too, babe. Me too. Um, There's been some beauty in it because it made me a very independent kind of person, a very self-motivated, driven person. Um, Maybe in the past kind of fueled a little bit by like, I'll show you, you know, but not so much anymore. I think in the more mature like part of this journey for me, it's been developing a really strong inner mother within myself that I didn't necessarily have, um, you know, previously in my life and really every time my heart cracks open when I'm rejected or critiqued or feeling small, that's the part of me that now comes online and, you know, reaffirms um you know, who I am. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is that you know who you are because there will be endless people who misunderstand you or make assumptions or who don't fully know you or see the fullness of everything that you are and the goodness of everything that you are. Um, And I think it's also really taught me that I can make uh like bad moves or mistakes and not like cast myself in the bad person bucket. Um, yeah. And again, that's like a messy process because sometimes <laughs> you want to just throw yourself in there and everyone wants to throw you in there. Um, the sin bin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that one, but that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, um, I think one of the things that I believe in, and it's not something that everyone resonates with, but I try and use everything that life gives me um to learn something to grow um and fortunately or unfortunately like a lot of the best lessons that i've learned have come through pain and rejection and learning to like meet myself in the depths there
1: mm that's very tantric of you right that is the tantric path is instead of kind of clearing out the external energies which is a beautiful path too and very worthy of exploration it's about utilizing any and all external energies as fertilizer so there's that sex witch Speaking yeah. of sex witches, all this sh- all this shit
0: makes term? things grow yeah right
1: <laughs> um speaking of sex witches do you I know some of your work is around pleasure um where are you at with that and and can you speak to that a little bit
0: yeah so one of my most popular um experiences online is my pleasure program pleasure and press and um, Lots of people have been asking me when I will bring it back because it's not like a set thing like twice a year. It's kind of like I get the call, I get the feeling and then she comes back. Um, mm-hmm. But something that I am looking to do before I uh, relaunch it is just looking at how I can make it even uh like more of a trauma-informed space. So it already has like a lot of that influence within it because of my trainings, um, but I'm doing some more delving into that. And so I'm just looking at like how I refine little parts of that. And then also um, based on the previous rounds, um, maybe making some adjustments so that people can have even deeper integration. So maybe changing like the length and things like that. Um, mm. And that's not something that I think a lot of people see um, from my social media among many things that you don't see about me um, but I'm always looking at how I can make things better um, and how I can make things like quote-unquote safer in some way and then how I can also bring like my new lessons and my new wisdom and embodiment into how I conduct a space so it's not Mm -hmm. something that I just relaunch on a whim uh, because it's popular, it's like it, I, I bring it in with all of my love and my intention and my care. So um, yeah. we'll see when she comes yeah. back.
1: <laughs> when she's when you're called, when the muse greets you, as uh, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about, if, you have, if you're listening and you haven't read Big Magic, you really, really should. But, yeah, I love that. I think, like, I I think it would be so boring, at least for me, and, and it sounds like you resonate, but it would be so boring to just relaunch a program because it's accessible, like that wouldn't be fulfilling to me. And therefore I don't think I would bring my best self. Like, you know, it sounds like you're very similar, but growth is like my number one value. Um, and so, yeah, if, if I'm not feeling like I'm being inspired and, and I'm allowing my own growth to inform the work I'm doing, then what the fuck are we really doing? Because <laughs> yeah. ultimately I'm a, I'm a seeker first. I'm a spiritual seeker first. Like that is my path till I die. Um, and I'm a teacher and a facilitator second Um, so I think I'm hearing that in you and it's I think that's really beautiful at least I resonate with that. Um, Has plant medicine been a part of your journey and if it has been is that something that you want to share about?
0: Yeah absolutely so I I kind of have this feeling that like all of the contemplation and then also a lot of the growth that I had in 2021, it was like a result of ayahuasca. Obviously like I'm playing a huge role in that as well, but it was kind of like a, it was like we opened a door, you know, and we couldn't turn back. Um, so yeah, I sat with yeah. ayahuasca uh, in 2021. It wasn't a light decision. It wasn't just like something I did on a whim. It was something that I thought about and planned for two years. And um, it was an interesting experience for me. It was very much like an in-body experience, um, which was kind of different to a lot of the people who I sat in ceremony with who are having these out-of-body experiences. Um, And what I found is that certain things that occurred uh, or that I saw or that I felt in those ceremonies have slowly become evident in real life experiences where I'm remembering mm. like, oh yeah, I was shown this. What am I meant to like do with this new integration here? And how am I supposed mm. to like show up for this? Um, mm. And a lot of what I have been contemplating this year has been very much influenced and inspired by certain things that happened um, in my ayahuasca ceremonies around um being mindful of like the noise and the storm and the struggles of people around you whilst also not sacrificing yourself to save them Um mm. and like coming back to your own heart and your own center and your own values and beliefs. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to like, fully articulate it because like what I experienced was such it was just such a weird like felt experience Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but it's making sense to me and so it's really been helping me to find my way as I navigate uh witnessing the coaching industry change and then looking at how I you know continue to be a powerful and ethical leader in this space
1: Mm. Yeah, the image I got was like an energetic refinement of not being so blown open that your energy is like a mist and it's super penetrable and influenced, easily influenced, but also not being like super tight and rigid and not being able to be penetrated at all. It's like a thick honey. And I always feel like that is to me energetic mastery. When someone walks into a room and their energy is big and broad and you feel it, it's expanded so it can touch many but it also can retract and and expand, you know, it's got range and it's like honey. It's like not super penetrable, but not impenetrable. That was kind Mm -hmm. of the the image I was getting as you were speaking, I don't know if that resonates.
0: Beautiful, yeah, Yeah. I love it.
1: Speaking of the coaching industry and like being an ethical leader and leaning into that, there's a dark underbelly to everything. Mm -hmm. What's the dark side of the coaching industry? Let's go there.
0: I think there's a lot of money worship. As I said, I've probably at some point played into that. So not pointing mm-hmm. the fingers, but it's just an observation. I mm-hmm. think that there's uh bypassing. Um, I think that there's a lot of mimicry, which like in a way, it's also how people find their own voice, you know. So I don't think it's like fully dark and bad, but it's something that's there. Um, and I also think that there could be a lot of pedestalizing and dehumanizing of leaders. And I've experienced that a lot. And, Mm. um, for the ego, it's kind of nice because you're like, everyone thinks I'm amazing, you know? Um, but it feels awful and devastating. Um, and it also, I think, limits the range of your expression and your humanity. Um, I think we really all need to work on like seeing our spiritual teachers, our coaches, our mentors, even celebrities, anyone you look up to and remembering that they are human. They have flaws. They make mistakes. They're going to say the wrong thing mm-hmm. sometimes, you know? And, um, I think when we expect perfection from other people, like it harms us too because then yeah. we expect perfection of ourselves or we, you know, we criticize our own imperfections because we think these other people are perfect and doing everything right. So I would say that's mm. like one of the biggest themes that I mm. see, but I do feel like it's starting to dissolve slowly. Yeah, yeah, I feel that shift
1: too. I wrote a post, I think, around this time last year about pedestaling, and how, you know, the guru always falls. If there's these rigid power, power hierarchies Um, then there's a rigid power hierarchy and there's always going to be someone to knock you off the pedestal. Whereas if we can consciously not put others on pedestals and not get ourselves on pedestals and be in more of a heterarchy and this collaborative energy, um, it seems to serve us well. And we have so much for that, like the the story of that in history to teach us, like the, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, archetypal, Imprint on society of like the guru, and I used the word culty before. Like we've got lessons there; <laughs> we know how that story ends. So yeah, it's good to be reminded um, for our listeners if if they feel like they are pedestaling coaches, teachers, celebrities. Um, what would be your recommendation for them?
0: Mm. Yeah, I think it's nuanced and it's different for everyone, right? Because some people might be able to just very quickly sort of reframe that mentally and be like, you know what, she's human, I'm good, like I'm going to keep reminding myself of that. And then some people mm-hmm. that might be like a really deep um, journey of learning how to like disentangle those beliefs from the person. And so for yeah. some someone it might be just that quick reset, reframe, for someone else, it might actually be disengaging with some of those accounts or those spaces for a while and really mm-hmm. coming back into your own thoughts and your own um, beliefs and your own teachings, you know, your own mm-hmm. lessons. Um, but I would say what we can all do is we can notice when we're doing it and be mindful about that. So even using like a mindfulness practice around the people that you follow yeah. in terms of like, oh, am I... Um, you know, having really big sensations in my body around this person. Do I think this person can do no wrong? Am I able mm. to separate this person from the teaching? Um, yeah, you know, and big. particularly for the coaching industry, I think this is important because there's a lot of rhetoric around like pay me be- to be in my energy. Um, versus like, do you actually what like enjoy this teaching and resonate with it or are you only going here because this person like you idolized them in some way Mm. and so like I've totally done this also by the way so this is like not me pointing the finger at anyone because I this is part of the problem of what began with me in 2021 Mm. is like idolizing people um Mm. and if you've done that like also just know it's like it's, a, it's an initiation, it's like a journey, it's an experience and you can always learn from that as well.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so beautiful to hear hear your perspective on that. I'm, I've i had like a, a different journey in my own way. I'm, I guess we have terms for it now, like an HSP, highly sensitive person. Um, and because of my particular brand of trauma, I have trust issues. And I know when that comes up, like distrust, that I, that's my stuff usually. And also it's very heightened for me. I've done a lot of work mm. around that therapy and mentorship to help me recognize like, oh, that like really strong alarm bell is some parts trauma, part um, that's not actually as intense as it feels to me cause I'm so sensitive. And so for me, it's been more about learning to lean into um, some teachers. It's been really difficult for me. I'm like, ooh, untrustworthy, ooh, untrustworthy, ooh, untrustworthy. And that has actually held me back a lot um even not trusting myself, being like really a lot in that, like, am I being trustworthy? Am I being safe? Am I being like deep, which is a beautiful inquiry and comes from a good place, but learning to kind of soften the edges around that a little bit. Um, and I think experiencing my own humanness and the humanness of, of other people. So it's kind of I think beautiful to have this spectrum in this conversation because people listening might find themselves somewhere on that spectrum and really I think what we're both saying is like having a deep understanding of yourself and having perhaps done enough work on your own trauma, like you were saying, understanding through your breath work, like what that lie is for you and myself, understanding like, what is, what am I bringing to this? Um, and maybe for everyone listening, recognizing like that's such a big part of the puzzle. <laughs> like We have to really take ownership of what we're bringing to that. And I love what you said, like, am I feeling big sensations in my body when I'm following this person and like, um, how can I take ownership of that and therefore what do I project onto this person good or bad because I think yeah. as well the people that criticize heavily like like you said it's important to stay open and um my friend Sa said to me recently I he's been on the podcast for those of you who, um know him Sada Simone mm-hmm. amazing uh, Buddhist teacher and We were talking, I did the Mark Hyman podcast and that was a lot of exposure. And then I got some beautiful connections and it was really wonderful for me. But I also got some some hate and some backlash. And I think for me, I've always like um, been very careful because of what I just stated about my own trauma to not maybe reveal so much on such a big stage. And that was actually really important healing for me to recognize how I've been keeping myself small to avoid Um, rejection and criticism because the fact of the matter is is the more people you reach and I spoke to a lot of friends who have a bigger reach they're like it just is kind of part of it some people are going to love the work you do and some people are going to hate the work you do and some people are going to love you and some people are going to hate you (laughs) you know they don't know you and it was such a learning for me to read that and feel the response in my own body and how I was like oh man like maybe I don't need to have this work on on the main stage. I can just do my one-to-ones and go hide under the covers and like, whoa, do I really need exposure? Like, is that something I actually want? And the message my guides gave me were like, are you willing to be hated in order to really be a carrier of these messages and of this um, healing? And I was like, yeah, "Yeah. oh man, okay, I guess I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my favorite thing. But what Sa said to me, was really beautiful. He's like, you know, sometimes it's just, water under the bridge and you just let it go and sometimes there's truth in what people are saying even though there's like meanness and like can you just like actually stay Mm -hmm. open like you were talking about and receive and be like huh is is there something there for me and it's such a such an excruciating process but I think it's such an important one.
0: Yeah absolutely absolutely and uh, you know you can have the kindest heart and someone just doesn't agree or they really disagree <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> I saw some of those comments on that interview and I was just like sending you love in the ethers because oh, yeah I weird. I have similar um like <laughs> you know it's it's weird because like mentally I'm like yeah I, I'll i be fine I could like be famous and be absolutely fine and there's this other part of me that's like oh my god no like that sounds like death that sounds like yeah. death. We will to survive.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm like, I'll just live on my mountain and just hide and surf women one-to-one on a small scale and don't get too big. And, like, I am totally okay and comfortable with that. Like, that is such a beautiful life for me. I'm so grateful for that. But I'm also, like here to share the work and if it spreads amazing and if it doesn't amazing but yeah that message of like are you willing to be hated and like crucified it was so funny some of the comments like I not realize I just did it then like if I touch my own skin like self-soothing and like people being super upset about that and me actually looking at that and being like huh yeah like was it okay for me to wear a one shoulder top and I'm like well yeah, that's who I am. But I also can hold space for the fact that like, that might be offensive to other people to, for me to show that skin. And like, can I hold both? Can it be like, that is me and I am very touchy feely with myself, the people I love. Like I'm a very tactile person, I'm a very sensual person. And I'm also like a pretty nude person and that's okay yeah. for me, but it's also not okay for other people. And it's really offensive to other people. And like, can both just, exist and both be true like have you had that experience in your journey recently of like holding opposing truths and what have been some of those opposing truths that you've had to hold
0: yeah so um you mentioned your thing was like trust and like feeling that Mm -hmm. wound of maybe not being able to trust mine is kind of in the realm of trust my wounds but it's around betrayal with other women Mm. and it's Mm. like the women that I least expect to betray me so like throughout my whole (sighs) life this template is just like literally everywhere it's the most obvious thing in the world and so one of the things that I've had to navigate is having people change their mind about me like later on so people that I might have had what I thought were really good experiences with or like a great relationship who have just later suddenly like completely changed their mind and like are criticizing me or don't you know want to um, know me um, and so mm-hmm. I have recently had this with um, a former client who you know she had recorded like video testimonials about our work together who has now had different thoughts feelings and realizations about her experience of one of my programs and so it's been this really interesting process for me of being able to see like hey like that's your valid lived experience and your reflections and you have a right to change your mind about me and you have a right to say like hey like this didn't feel okay for me and also Mm. like on the flip side none of that was communicated with me ever um I also like some of the things that I've noticed that have been shared I'm like well actually like in my experience like that's inaccurate that that's not accurate um certain Mm. aspects that are more like factual things um Mm. you know um and so it's I I think that it's like a very brave uh sometimes challenging thing to do to be able to like hold all of these different perspectives and go like hey yeah like what you're saying is really true and bad and also like I have a different perspective and I still respect mm. you and yours mm.
1: yeah I do think that is kind of and hey what the fuck do I know because I'm, um, I feel like I'm still I feel like I'm far along in some ways on this journey and then I feel like I'm just like such a beginner in other ways but I feel like it is a sign of spiritual maturation to be able to hold those opposing truths and and honor that. And and it is, it feels tricky, but then when you do it, it feels so good. And I, I find a lot of things in life are like that, There's a saying I've been thinking of a lot recently, which is like hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. And I've been thinking about it more in the realm of relationships, like hard conversations, easy relationships, <laughs> easy yeah. conversations, hard relationships. Do you resonate with that in relationally? And have you had to have maybe in more personal relationships, some hard conversations over over maybe the last year or a lifetime and what has been the result of that?
0: Yeah, totally. And you know, this brings to mind something that I've been thinking about so much in that like I love quotes and I love like profound sayings. And also life is so nuanced and it's like that's true over here, but that's so inaccurate over here or like for these this group yes. of people. And yes. so I totally love that quote and then also I'm like I can see like oh that doesn't really apply here so like totally. my relationship with my husband has always been like so easy you know even when we had like maybe like a bit of a challenge like our love is just like so flying so strong so pure just like just amazing always um mm. but then I've had really difficult conversations with like friends and other people in my life before that have created more ease or sometimes it's meant that the relationship has come to a completion um which then Mm. created more ease for the future um so yeah i you know i'm a fan of the hard conversations um Mm-hmm. Th- sometimes some parts get easier, but I wouldn't say it's like a walk in the park for me. Like it's still <laughs> like super hard for me, um, mm-hmm. but I'm committed to being brave and facing those fears that I have around betrayal and criticism and rejection because I wanna live my life with my eyes and my heart open and I don't wanna close my heart. So it's kind of par for the course. Mm,
1: celebrating the fuck out of you, babe. Like really, really celebrating you you in this and feeling you in this and just like really like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you talked about or keeping your heart open. And that was actually going to be my next question is, you know, you talked about your relationship with your husband and I agree. The nuance is always there. And it's one of those things I think like if you feel really attracted to a saying and you're like, yeah, that's me, you probably shouldn't actually live in alignment with whatever it's saying. Like maybe you should try the other thing or if you're really averse <laughs> to it, like maybe you should try it. If you always run, maybe you should try walking. If you always wake up at 6am, maybe try sleeping in, you know, balance. But, um, on this tip of, you know, the love you share with your husband and keeping your heart open. I really feel that that is one of the biggest masteries in our love relationships. And then, you know, with ourselves, and then usually our primary partner if we have one and that's our relationship style, which you and I both have primary partners. So let's use that as an example. And then you can like practice with the world, but it is really hard. Like when you feel something closes you, something hurts you. And how do you reopen your heart when you feel closed? Maybe with your husband is a good example. Or um, how do you keep your heart open when you notice it wants to close?
0: Mm. Yeah, I would say my heart closing, like the the sort of big wound that tends to activate that tendency is more like with other women that I care about. Mm-hmm. I would say that shows up for me more in like the realm of sisterhood um, and sort of in more recent years, actually, you know, my clientele, because I'm so... Like open and human with my clients. And I really like, I, like, I don't put like, I don't see people as like in this hierarchy. You know, it's like, I just kind of am who I am with people and see, try and see them for who they are. And so there's like a vulnerability in that where when someone does, um, criticize you or, um, label you a certain way or like sort of leave you or like leave your teachings or denounce you in some way like that's when my heart wants to close because it's this feeling of like I've poured so much love and I had like such good intentions and I feel like you don't see that um or you're not like reciprocating that um so for me, I think like where I then go is I lean on like the safe relationships in my life where people really see me and they know Amy behind Instagram, not Amy Rushworth that all these strangers on the internet, like project me as they know, like the funny, like messy, like weirdo that I am. And they can usually like reflect back to me, my humanity and my worth. And then that helps me to then like keep my heart open and still keep sharing and still keep showing up as me vulnerably um and yeah yeah, Tristan my husband he's like the inspiration for that because he lives with such Mm. an open heart um and so much kindness and so much understanding and empathy for others and so he really actually inspires me to keep my heart open
1: yeah bless how good is love I had a conversation with (laughs) Um, saw so our best girlfriends this morning before we jumped on, um, two of whom have been on the podcast, Liz and Rachel, and our other friend, Britt, but we were like weeping. <laughs> me and Rachel were crying. We're like, I'm so grateful for our hubbies. They're such good humans. Like what a blessing it is to love another human and a messy fucking journey as well. Just want to put that out there. Like it, you know, messy, at least for me and my partner, for me and Patrick, like, whoa, you know, we're in, we've hit such an amazing pocket. Um, but it's been, we've really worked at it. So yeah, bless that. And yeah, for me, I think like, I notice how it feels physically first in my body when my heart is closing. Mm -hmm. And there are like certain thought, like tape loops that come on that I recognize now. I'm not just like, oh, that tape comes on, that must be real about this situation or person. It's like, oh, there's my tape that I would play when I'm feeling closed. Let me examine that, but the physical sensations for me are really real. So that helps me to notice like, oh, I'm closing right now. And I love what you said about safe relationships because I think that really helps me as well. But there are also times, and again, because of that like HSP aspect of my nervous system, um, even a little closure in my heart Mm. or my partner's heart can feel really intense to me. So I've also had to learn to just like, let that go a little bit, that it's kind of okay in a moment to not feel fully connected. It's just okay to feel a little bit distant, and then you come back and you repair and things soften. And I think there's um, maybe in the the transformational community, like we don't talk about that enough, that sometimes like not everything has to be dived into head first um, and like, you know, understood and processed. And like, we don't always have to push for the big transformation. And I think sometimes we just take care of our nervous systems, regulate ourselves, and then things just soften.
0: <laughs> yeah. And other
1: times, back to what you were saying, like sometimes the hard conversation is needed. Sometimes it's yeah. not. Um, but yeah go for it what you're gonna say yeah
0: I mean like people maybe us included sometimes love to like overcomplicate things and truthfully <laughs> like so much that we go through probably just requires like a little sprinkle of like mindfulness and observation yeah. and I know for me like I love that you explained it as a tape my tape is like <laughs> when I want to shut down it's like it's like this bitchy little like five year old that's like, you're never gonna see me again. Then I'm gonna pack my bags and be out of here. Like you, you wish that like I didn't leave, you know, and like I, I'll pretend like you never existed. Like that's what my taste is like. It like gets really like weird and like sassy and manipulative and wants to be like, screw you. Like I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, but for me, I just like know that that is this young part of me that feels like challenged in that moment and wants to close down to be safe and so I just kind of like notice that and just go like oh
1: there there's that gal
0: (laughs) totally
1: yeah mine's similar it's just like ice ice like I just like shut it's almost like a freeze response honestly and I just withdraw I withdraw my love which is what I want. Mm. Don't want to do, um, and it's it's so kind of beautiful as well. Like when you have these deep relationships, whether it's with your husbands or your partner or your best friends or your family, like you know, you just get to know each other's quirks. Like mm-hmm. I remember Rach saying to me recently, like, oh yeah, like when you, I haven't seen it often, but when you withdraw your love because you us have such care and softness, and it's not like I say anything; it's just energetically pull back. She's like, it's fucking terrifying, honestly. But like, you know, and we all have, but like, they love me through it. And vice versa, it's like my friends, my partner, like, you know, they have their little things. And and then not only are we like, oh, there's that little girl within us, you're like, oh, there's their little girl and their little boy, like, what a fucking privilege to just get to love people and be like messy humans together. And when you can love someone through that moment, as I think you're sharing your husband, like Tristan does for you, it's like, there's so much healing there. And it's not like, there's not, he couldn't love you through that and you, if you didn't love yourself, it wouldn't matter how much he loved mm. and respected you. Of course, it wouldn't mean anything. But when you are loving and respecting yourself and someone's helping you by loving you and holding safety, like, and it doesn't have to be a husband for people listening who don't have a partner, like, that's the gift we can give to our friends and the people around us. And maybe I wonder if we mm. could extend that to people on social media and people that we idolize. I
0: don't know. Yeah honestly like my dogs do this for me babe like if i have the shittiest day or feel like oh my god the internet's like coming for me i just go and pick up my little baby i have a little baby chihuahua and like a massive labrador and i just like pick up the um, not chihuahua pomeranian what am i talking about i have a pomeranian and um and i just like stare at him and he just thinks that i'm like the best you know and i'm like Thank you. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love you.
1: Well, my sweet love, I feel like we could muse for eternity, (laughs) which is always a good feeling, (laughs) but we're nearly at time. So we're gonna move into rapid fire if that feels good, which has more turned into like tantric process oriented rapid fire, which is not rapid at all. So take your time. (laughs) 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 What book do you gift the most or recommend?
0: Oh, it honestly depends like what mood I'm in, you know, like sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I'm like, I often actually, I often say A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, because that's one of the first spiritual books that I ever read. And I was not spiritual when I read it. And I remember thinking like, wow, this really resonates. And so that's like one I often recommend for people who are like wanting to enter into the world of self-development and it's not gonna throw them in the deep end too much. Um, Mm. And I love like the Four Agreements. I love Pussy by um, Mama Mm. Gina, you know, like it honestly just depends what mood I'm in. I'm unpredictable. Yes.
1: (laughs) I love that about you. If you could choose your last meal on earth?
0: Burger and fries, I think, dear.
1: Well, when you come to Boulder, I've got a spot for you, just saying. Amazing. (laughs) But it won't be your last meal, let's not call that (laughs) it. Most important thing for successful relationships, in your opinion?
0: Curiosity.
1: Mm, Love that answer, no one has given that, yes. Uh, So someone comes to you and they're feeling really down and you can only give them one piece of advice, what do you say?
0: Well, I'm a Leo, so I'm like an avid, fierce cheerleader for my friends and for other people. So I would be like, girl, you got this. Hard times don't last forever. Nothing lasts forever, like good times, hard times. And so like feel your feelings, like validate yourself, go through your process and also know that it's just this moment in time and like the best things that are gonna happen to you have not even necessarily happened yet there's people mm. that you haven't even met yet who you're gonna love so much you're gonna have some amazing memories and like this is just one season in the story
1: Ooh, yes i feel elevated anyone listening feel <laughs> elevated by that love it i feel uh, advised by
0: my own advice babe
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite all-time memes where the guy is going to chest and he's like <laughs> yeah. when you're advising someone you feel advised by your own advice uh, love it <laughs> what is your favorite thing that you own
0: my dogs mm.
1: yeah yeah if you could yeah. be any animal what animal would you be
0: lioness
1: yeah i see that for reals uh if you could have a superpower what superpower would you have
0: Hmm, it would be great to teleport places. So like either that, or like I would love if my superpower could be like being able to make everybody feel like really loved and really special and worthy, like, but in a flash.
1: Yeah, bless. I think you have a little of that superpower in you already. I um, <laughs> if, <you, laughs> if you could choose a totally different career, so you're in a parallel universe, it has to be a different career. What career do you choose?
0: Jewelry designer or interior designer? Yes,
1: love. And yeah. the last one, there is a universal answering machine that you're gonna leave a message on, 15 seconds or so, that everyone in the cosmos is gonna hear today. What do you say?
0: hey you bad bitch i hope you have the best day ever and if you don't then there's always tomorrow you got this love you
1: yes love <laughs> bless bless the amy rushworth ladies and gentlemen if people <laughs> are running to connect with your work as i'm sure they are um where can they find you
0: well it'll probably be a bit of both with that five line in my human design i'm like like an acquired taste, like truffles or something. But if if you like I truffles, I love truffles. <laughs> um, I love truffles. Oh yeah, baby. Um, my Instagram <laughs> is this is Amy Rushworth, and you could find everything there, like the podcast, my website, and all the vibes. So yeah, I'll see you there.
1: Bless, bless. Thank you so much for joining us, my love. Really appreciate your courage, your humility, your willingness. It's an inspiration to all. Thank you. That's it for today, Awakened One, and just a quick thank you from me. Thank you for gifting us with your most precious resource, your time and attention so that we can make this world a more awakened place. And if we're not friends on Instagram yet, then we absolutely should be. So come on over and say hello at Angelica Alana and I'll see you there and see you next week.